Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube. You find the links to the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach because I've got four other podcasts. You'll find everything on buy.link forward slash podcaster. My guest today, she's German, but living in the US, transformational leadership coach, inspirational speaker, CEO of Transform Your Performance, and also an author. Please welcome Regina Hubbard. Thank you so much, Roy, for having me. It's a huge pleasure to be on with you today. No, I'm looking forward to this. So I suppose, I mean, I've mentioned kind of little bullet points, but you might kind of let the listeners know a little bit more about Regina. Yes, of course. Uh, I grew up on a farm in Bavaria as the shyest kid in town. <laughs> like I should say in the village because it actually only had nine houses. <laughs> so if you told me that I would be a speaker, you would have gotten probably a blank stare back from me. I would say, who? Me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and yet, uh, because I had this adventurous spirit inside of me and this insatiable curiosity, I, I, I later actually had to move out into the world, right? At 19, I moved to Munich and then from there abroad and it never stopped. Um, I also at some point in my life felt a growing urge to share and to share the, the wisdom I gained from all my adventures around the world and from my experiences with others, right? So my roles at the Boston Consulting Group, a global consulting firm, gave me the opportunity to present, at least occasionally, although I didn't get formal um, training for it because I wasn't on the consulting side I was on I did have management roles and leadership roles but on the on the non-consulting uh, um, side of it and I had the opportunity to speak to staff to train staff to um, later also do that at a different firm at a different company uh, startup in in Latin America in Argentina was the where I was based, but I was traveling to other offices as well to speak. And so that helped me, of course, along the way. And while I've also sudden, um, um, uh, certainly studied a, a broad range of modalities and of methodologies as I moved along in life, I've learned most, I would say, of what I know by experience and by doing. I've gained some unique knowledge and wisdom along the journey of life from this little girl on a farm and uh, to the to the business owner that I am today. One thing that I really, really appreciate a lot is that I've had the opportunity to learn different languages because that is so enriching in itself and it changes our way of thinking. It, it gives us different angles of how other people think and gives us insights and opens up our horizon in a way that we can better understand others. And that's why probably it makes it a bit easier for me to be a coach in a way as well. And I've uh, had the the um, huge pleasure to speak at multiple events, also on the African continent, teach workshops and even host an event in Cameroon together with two other women. And I also got the opportunity to teach a women's workshop in Qatar and, and so much more. And I think what's worth mentioning is that I have a very holistic approach to both coaching and speaking, um, probably because I studied several holistic healing modalities, and I also have a huge passion for dance. I didn't grow up with dance, but it came over time as I 
got acquainted with so many different cultures and their dances and music. And I have to say, dance taught me so, so much. That's highly relevant for speaking as well. For example, for speaking presence, for confidence and so on. So I can certainly expand a bit more on that if that sounds intriguing. But now uh, I'm working as a transformational leadership coach. Yes, mostly. <laughs> and like you mentioned, the languages, but uh, like from my research, it's actually six. It's like parlez-vous français? You speak French? Yes. Hablo española, Spanish. You've been in um, um, in Rio, so uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. Italian, German, obviously, and English. Yeah, Italian, my Italian is uh, very rudimentary, I would say. It's just like, you know, we had a lot of Italian people where I grew up. It was so close to Austria and Italy. And, uh, of course, you know, we, we traveled to Italy a lot as, as when, I was, when I was younger. As soon as I had my driver's license, we drove down to Italy during a school vacation during the holidays in the summer and we slept in the woods we didn't have a lot of money but we made it down so we picked up pieces of the language here and there most of us because I had a love for language I studied a little bit of it uh, as I you know was going back and forth sometimes and then of course I never used it again and I never studied all of it but it would have been the easiest language for me of all to pronounce and to and to study and in, in, in fact because I also studied Latin maybe in school. Excellent and like with the different languages because obviously you know you've spoke all around the world and obviously with, the, with the, perhaps with the coaching as well like what have you kind of learned that you kind of have to take into account if you're speaking, say, in Africa and in Qatar? That, you know, because sometimes people, they just come and go and do their thing, but others, they kind of do a research. And the fact that you, you're, you know, you, you can speak, you know, so many languages that you can, I think, can relate a lot better to people as well. Yes, I listen very carefully when people speak in their own language, even in English. The, the English people speak in Africa is different. It sounds different, of course, but also it they express things a, a bit differently. And as you know, there's a huge difference between American English and British English and uh, maybe Australian English or whichever version of it. And the same is true. I learned Portuguese um, in, in Spain first when I lived there because I did a lot of work in Portugal. I traveled back and forth. So it's European Portuguese, which is very, very different from Brazilian Portuguese to a point that some of the movies were actually dubbed, you know, they uh, for for Brazilians because the, the the Portuguese pronounce very differently and they sometimes uh, just to put it in simple words don't open their mouth so much when speaking depending on also where they are from in Portugal. It's so interesting which words do not exist in other languages and which words we have to transcribe, to translate. I did a lot of translation work in the past. I translated about 10 books on Argentine um, culture and tango and some other books about Sakharov and different topics, uh, mostly from Spanish, but also from English to German. It is such an amazing experience to explore languages 
how people say things tells us so much about their culture, about their thinking, and about their history even. The word saudade, or you know, pronounced in, <laughs> in European Portuguese or saudade in um, Brazilian Portuguese, is a very unique word that is hard to translate. You could translate it as uh, something to do with nostalgic feelings, but there's no exact translation. You could translate it as homesickness, depending on the on the context. But again, there's no exact translation to that word. Just as an example, there are many, many more examples, of course. And with like when you were all around the world, I'm just curious because I kind of I found when I was in Costa Rica, just the energy field and just felt right with the fact that you've actually lived in so many different countries. Where where did you feel the energy best suited for you? Before New York City, I said twice that I would not move away from there. I would spend the rest of my life there. That was once in Buenos Aires and once in Rio de Janeiro. It didn't happen. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a nomad. <laughs> However, you know, I I felt really, really at home in Rio de Janeiro and also in New York City. I'm currently in Miami Beach. That has different reasons. I know I'm not going to be here forever. As beautiful as it is, as much as I love the climate, which is very similar to Rio de Janeiro and the vegetation, I love the tropical vegetation, but it's not my place in the long run. I believe that we have certain affinities for an important reason, and we could go down that rabbit hole. It's a big rabbit hole, I have to warn you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I also knew that I had to go back to Argentina. I'd been in Argentina before, but there was some unfinished business. I had to go back there. And the same with Brazil. I lived in both countries twice. When you feel that urge, you have to follow it. And currently in the last few years, I have a stronger urge to travel to Africa. So I spent about nine months in several different African countries. I think it's six over the, 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 the past few years, a little bit less in the last three, although I did go to Tanzania last year. But, you know, there are these urges inside of us that I believe we have to follow and then test it out. How does it feel? Paris is certainly a place where I could also imagine living. So with your qualifications, because there was a few things, you're um, a certified leadership ambassador. You might let me know what that's about. Yeah, that was a, a previous role at, a, at an organization. It was actually a volunteer role. I've had a lot of volunteer roles. Um, and some of them came with some extra training and certification. I think right now what's most important also for me is in terms of those certifications is the conversational intelligence one because it brings me that verbal element that is an addition to my frameworks, my signature frameworks, my powerful leadership transformation framework and my new paradigm leadership framework which I have created around the topics that are most relevant based on my personal experience and study so far and my 
preferences in a way as a coach. But then I also wanted to add on this verbal element because it was complementary and it gives us a lot of really amazing tools and uh, the, the verbiage and the language to move more, to navigate more successfully through team conversations, through negotiations and through any leadership situations, but really also any other business situations um, and, and, and any situations of speaking. So this is probably one of the even more relevant ones. Um, I have learned most of my leadership skills through, apart from my clients, because I also learn from my clients every single day, but uh, through my roles at Boston Consulting Group where I was literally thrown into the cold water at 27. I moved to Spain at 26 and just 10 months later, I was offered a leadership role there for which I really didn't have any relevant background or studies. It was an interesting experience. I learned a lot. I wish I had had a little bit more back then. However, it, it went really well. I, um, as I said, I learned a lot and I learned both sides, right? What to do, what not to do. And I was able to later turn that into, um, into very personalized uh, wisdom, which then I also put into my, into my uh, frameworks. Excellent. So I know in your journey, like you've been in the different countries and you got knocked at one stage that it kind of lost your voice. And I know through myself as well, I've experienced kind of uh, with business, but I think it's actually very important to touch on that because sometimes people think that when something bad happens, that's it, but you can bounce back even 10 times stronger. So you might just touch a little bit on that. Yes. Yes, our so-called adversities or pain stories, <laughs> they are growth opportunities. They are gifts from the universe <laughs> to help us grow. And we get those gifts as long as we need them. Oftentimes they are there for us to break patterns. What I have observed is the sooner in this process you break the pattern and you really do the work that and it's mostly inner work but it can also of course be external action and usually it's most of the time it's probably a, a, a combination of both what the sooner you do this the sooner you can interrupt this process the better because it actually can escalate over time so if you don't learn the lesson more toward the beginning the lesson gets fiercer. <laughs> that at least has been my experience. Yes, you can always bounce back. And yes, wherever you are in your life. No, it's never too late. I went through a very painful experience, which at the time seemed devastating, but in the end, turned out to be a blessing in disguise, because it's also partly responsible for what I do now. Uh, when I was in, in, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, which was eventually the reason why I moved away. You know, it cost me not just my business and a lot of money. It most importantly at the time cost me my self-esteem and my confidence. But as you said, you can build it back. You can build back even your confidence and self-esteem when you are at your lowest point in life. 
what helped me greatly were my holistic studies. They taught me a lot about the mind, a self-empowering mindset, as I call it now, and uh, most importantly about the subconscious as part of our mind and how we can use it to step out of victim mode and back into a self-empowering mindset, which is what I did over time. And that's also a, a reason of why I wrote my book, Speak Up, Stand Out and Shine, because I had to come up with tools to prepare physically, mentally and energetically for speaking situations, such as in networking, in meetings, in my own events. I put on some of my own events in New York at the beginning of, of building this new business there. And uh, yeah, and just in general, and these tools and techniques and tips have helped me. So I figured they could also help other people. And that's how the book was born. Excellent. And I think, I mean, like when I went through, I was kind of more property related. I lost everything on my own houses and all the money, you know, I went from one side to the opposite. But like, obviously, at the moment, you're thinking, oh, this is terrible. But when you look back, it's like, because of the lessons that you learn during adversity, you will, you've become a different person and you will never experience that again. And you just look at the world different as well. And I just think, you know, that, that people need to just kind of take a step back and sometimes kind of look at the paths that it's the best lesson that we learned. And, you know, as you had mentioned, it's kind of, we didn't change when we should have, we kind of get little warning signs and we kind of think we, our head gets in the way of our heart and, and our intuition. But uh, yeah. with, with the book then, because I actually love the cover because it's kind of with the shine, it's like, it's shining. So it's a, it, like, I, I love marketing and I just, I go, okay, that's actually very, that's very clever the way that the, the book is done. And also I, I like re checking reviews and everything, and it's got some beautiful reviews on, on the book. So you might just kind of touch on some of the subjects that you're covering in the book. Yes, of course. And as you said, I just want to go back to that thought real quick. Yeah. While you're in the midst of it, it's never pleasant. <laughs> It's usually in hindsight uh, where we where we learn the lesson, but that's where we, you know, when we step out uh, of the of the picture frame, and and see the big picture, and also consider what's really the worst thing that can happen. That's when we recognize that we have much more inside of us, and this this inner inner power that 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 allows us to to rebuild or rebuild something new. Right. So I just wanted to pick that up <laughs> quickly again because it really resonated. Yes, in the book, I um I talk about some, of course, you know, general tips on how to prepare. The book is divided into different phases of uh how to prepare for a speaking gig, a speaking engagement. However, that could be anything. It could be an important meeting or negotiation, a, a job, um, a, a job interview. You know, whatever it is for every single one of our uh, listeners and viewers, you have, a, you have a preparation phase. So you prepare with specific exercises and you don't have to do them all. That's really important because some exercises might speak more to you than others. That's why I gave you to choose from mental, physical and energetic preparation. I personally love energetic preparation, but I also like to try all three. And uh, and uh, then you go into the into the just you know the day before 
<laughs> and you can do something specific the day before because a lot of people cannot sleep when they get too nervous. And that, of course, is not great because it takes away from your concentration, your focus the next day, and it can debilitate you in that way. So want to make sure you get some sound sleep and some uh, restful, a restful uh, night of sleep. There are some exercises for that and so that you just feel better. All of the exercises are both for you to in increase your confidence level and to also enhance your presence, the way you are perceived. I call this your perceived presence. And the, ener uh, the energy exercises are particularly important for that part, in my opinion. Then you go into the day off. What do you do the day off and just before that meeting or speaking engagement? And uh, yeah, and that's what it is mostly about. It has some very simple exercises and tips, just like basically deep breathing. We know that it has a physiological calming effect that's proven. And then it goes into more intricate exercises as well, you know, because uh, I, I always believe that the simple ones are usually the best <laughs> because we remember to do them and uh, and we easily learn them. But there are some also that 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 are a little bit more intricate and that you can do in preparation and then use in the moment as well. Like, for example, the um, anchor and trigger a feeling of confidence exercise. This needs preparation. However, it doesn't need days and days. It just needs a few minutes of, of exercise. And then you, 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 you test it from time, time to time. And then you do it within a matter of a few seconds just before you go into the situation. You, um, you mentioned about kind of getting the sleep. And I mean, I just know that from having loads of court cases based on the businesses that I was involved in. And the, the, just the worry and everything, not sleeping, or even in because I hated public speaking, even when I had meetings when I was working in Ireland years ago, mm -hmm. it was the same thing. And it's like you're not firing on all cylinders when you're like that. So what kind of advice would you give people that they can basically get that eight hours or whatever is needed to be fresh in the morning and not have the, the mind. I mean, thankfully <laughs> through my journey, I, I sleep like a baby every night now. So it's all good, but I know <laughs> that that's not the, the, the case previously. And a, a lot of people experience that, that the nerves just kick in and their brain is doing 90. Yes, of course, if you have a practice like meditation, all of that, I'm not going to go much into that because a lot of people probably talk about this, uh, then, then it, it is easier because you already have the practice. If you have a breathing practice, you know, same thing. So it's always good to start those uh, things before you need them. <laughs> For example, I do Wim Hof breathing every single morning. It automatically takes me into that meditative state because I also have a very busy mind <laughs> myself, <laughs> although I have done all this work, right? And we get so much because also when we're empaths or when we're very sensitive to what's going on in the world and, and with the people around us, we take a lot of their anxiety as well. It is not even always our own. But what I have found uh, interesting so uh, to, to, to notice for myself is that energy exercises are the most powerful for me. Okay. It might 
vary from person to person. So let's just assume you have not gotten enough sleep. I would always start with deep breathing, whatever your practice is for that. If it's just, you know, deep belly breaths, that already calms your nervous system and it calms you down. And actually it also increases the focus in your, in your brain, your mental focus, because it oxygenates your brain. So you have a double effect or a multiple effect, you could say. It, it, it helps in so, so many ways. I personally love to do energy exercises. Why? Because we are also, we're always told that we have seven seconds to make a first impression. You've probably heard this before, Roy. Have you heard this seven seconds thing before? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I think everybody, they judge it the minute they see it. It's like they've made right. up their mind. Yeah. It's, I think, is right. even less, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It takes less because it takes only 0 0.07 seconds for our brains to figure out whether we can trust someone. And that's about our energy. See, your energy speaks louder and faster than your words. It's important to remember that because we constantly communicate on an energetic level, whether we are aware of that or whether we are not, right? So we better be aware <laughs> because I believe that energy has not just, you know, it's, it's not so much even about the energy level. Your energy level might not be great that day. But what you can do is you can improve the quality of your energy. Yes, because energy has such a significant role in trust building. And as a speaker, everything is about the trust you can build with your audience. So it's about trust building in general. And then, of course, as part of that trust building, your presence as a speaker. And when you do those exercises, again, it has a double effect. It increases your confidence in the moment and it enhances your speaking presence as, as, as well. So again, it's not so much about the quantity uh, or the level of your energy as it is about the quality. And you can, you can also compensate your level of energy in that way. Because as you know, Roy, energy flows into everything we do everything we say, think, and do, and even into our thoughts and into how we impact other people and the things around us. I think Masaru Emoto showed that very clearly in his water experiment, where he he proved that our consciousness affects the structure of water. Even, and I don't want to go off on a big tangent here because. You know, can easily look that up online if, if you're not a, if you're not familiar with his frozen water photos. But in my understanding here for speakers, it is the energy of our intention, the energy that is transmitted through the words we speak, the energy that transforms, you know, whatever we touch with our presence. Um, we can, in a way, you could even say you alchemize <laughs> the, the, your surroundings, right? And we can optimize our energy to build trust more easily. And in my, in my experience, not just opinion, in my experience and that of many others who have tried and experimented with these exercises, 
preparing energetically for speaking can help us raise our confidence so quickly in a matter when you've done it a few times it can be a matter of seconds right and you've probably heard about amy cuddy's power posing where you know she she did all these uh this research around power posing like a powerful pose can change the way you show up in a meeting or in your on a stage, wherever it is for you online. This also has to do with energy. Yes, it's about the physical preparation, the changing your posture and holding it for a couple of minutes. I actually personally love power dancing because I love dance. So I came up with that concept. <clears throat> but, you know, whatever you do to come into your body, be present in your body, and then use that inner power energy of yours uh, that will help you to feel better. Yeah, excellent. And I, I don't think like most people kind of think or talk about that. I mean, based on what you've been saying there, I, I'm not familiar with the power pose girl, but I'll check that out. But the, um, the Japanese guy with the photographs, I have that book and it's actually fascinating because the reality is we're all cells made up and the amount of water in our bodies and everything and the power of words. And like they even did experiments as well with children and talking to the plants, talking negative, talking positive. And it just means the power of words, not that people say to you, which happens a lot, but the power of words you say to yourself that don't be negative on yourself because- yes. It's so powerful. And with the Wim Hof, I've actually, I, I've been lucky enough to meet him. I did an ice bath in Jamaica. It, they, oh, filled cool. the, they filled the jacuzzi with ice and I did the ice bath. With him. And he's a lovely guy. I actually got to, you know, sit and chat with him for about an hour and it's uh, fantastic. But like the, the power of breath is because like the amount of illnesses and everything that can be cured with breath instead of taking toxic medication and everything. The breath is so powerful, but it's all kind of related. Every single thing that you've said, because you've, you're basically with the breath, with the energy, with the thought process, like that you're becoming present and energetic on stage. Yes, nothing is separate. Our mind and body, it's all related. Actually, our body is basically our subconscious programming, right? And... um uh, some, there's something else that I wanted to pick uh, you up on that you said. Yes, um, the the water experiments and the the words. Yes, words are very important. Words are spells. Not for nothing we say we spell words, <laughs> right? However, what's equally important is your energy that you bring to the meeting to the to the audience because. <clears throat> it goes into your words yes and there's an intention behind each word so it, it it all fits together as you said so beautifully it's not separate and when we tap into our inner power and we realize how much there is inside of us i think that also gives us additional confidence additional you know power in the moment <laughs> the real power external power is never the real power it's the in, inner power that's the real power and i totally agree with you on toxic medications for sure <laughs> i try to avoid those uh, whenever i can and i've done it very successfully over many many years 
I, you know, I, of course, with the holistic healing studies and knowledge, uh, you probably automatically do that. I learned a lot of really great techniques also to, to keep my health intact and not 100% healthy as most people aren't 100% healthy, but we do what we can, right? I think when you're kind of kind of in touch with your intuition, you kind of know when you're kind of out of alignment and then you kind of increase the practices that you know that will get you back back in flow. Yes, so, that's the way I do it. I mean, I don't, I don't take it disparate. I don't take anything. Never. I just, I'm totally against. I mean, not saying that I didn't in the past when I was yes. growing up. You know, like <laughs> the doctors were just throwing antibiotics at you. You go in, they didn't even look at you. Like, and you know, to go from that extreme to where you're in control of yourself. And I think when you do that, it's kind of all in alignment. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know. I, you mentioned intuition. I also really love to do another exercise that is connecting with your heart, because I believe a lot of our intuition is in the heart. That's where we, where we collect this unique wisdom we gain over life as we move along in life. And, you know, we have, we, we also say the heart is part of the brain. It's the heart brain. Yes. Just like we have the gut brain, the heart brain and the head brain. And it's a very important piece of, of our intelligence. Now, I speak in my work about a self-empowering mindset and heart set. And that's for a good reason, because we, if we neglect the heart, the mind is not really led uh, in, in the best way. If you have listened to Greg Braden or some other people, uh, you know, the people from HeartMath Institute, they talk a lot about heart coherence, and that's exactly what it is about, right? So we want to also connect with our hearts. That takes practice so that we can then um, listen to our intuition, hear the voice of our intuition more easily. Yes, some people might say, oh, but it's in the third eye area. Yes, a you know, it also varies a little bit for different people. As I've studied more recently, I've studied more of human design, which gives me some insights in, into that too. However, I think the heart is something we all can use in speaking. We can even connect with our audience in advance without even knowing exactly who's going to be there through our hearts and send that intention out to our audience to connect with them through our hearts and even with the space we're going to be in. Also remember that courage is in the heart fear is in the mind courage is in the heart so it's a really good idea for us to to as speakers to connect with our heart to feel that courage in our hearts because a mind that's led by the heart is the most powerful one Absolutely. And I just heard a story just a few days ago, and it's a sad one, but at the same time, it just shows how important, because you hear some people saying the three brains, you know, the head, the heart, the, and the gut, but the, a, a child had got a heart transplant and was able, got visions of uh, the person that had murdered the previous thing, and they were able to do a sketch and trace them down, and she was able to tell what the person said. And they were saying the only way, like, so it's showing the memory in the heart. 
it's exactly. un- unbelievable so like when you see these things you're like because sometimes you you kind of you know people say ah, that's woo woo and you just kind of brush it off but when you hear things like that you just go well we don't know much about the stuff but sp- speaking of the heart because there's one thing that i see that you're doing and i i love when i see a, sp- a speaker kind of getting involved in volunteering and i know over the years that you like there was a you were a mentor for the Association of Fundraising Professionals and also another one with the voice of uh, the girl child and stuff like that. I mean, just touch on it because I think when we've got a voice and a skill set, it's so important to actually help others. Yes, absolutely. And uh, just to also go back again to that heart transplant, what's also interesting, I've, I've read about that or seen about that is that people even have the same food preferences. So it's really incredible. That's right. I've heard that, yeah, that they change their food. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Things that they always yeah. hated, they start eating and enjoying. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, yes, those volunteer experiences. Well, I helped uh, people for, for one part uh, in startups and uh, to to through coaching volunteer coaching at that organization it was actually a um a, one of them was a, a co-working space that i volunteered in another one was an organization in nigeria that i was on the board on and i uh, helped you know guide the, the the founder of this organization along her way for a while uh, there have been different roles also in the leadership team of the Financial Women's Association, where I also had the opportunity to speak to several audiences at their events and co-organize audience, uh, sorry, events. And, you know, these are just, um, yeah, they are causes that are dear to my heart, so to speak. Uh, you know, we support the causes that we want to support. There's always something I do. I did some exchange projects, to call it something, also in, in Africa. For example, in Rwanda, I held a four-day workshop. Was it five days in the end? I think we added on a day in, in Tigali for a group of young people who had an environmental project. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. They gave me accommodation in exchange. (laughs) And I extended my stay a little bit to have some other meetings, meet people, experience the country, experience the city of Tigali, and so on. I was going to go back, actually, to speak at an event at the convention center that same year, but it was 2020. So it was canceled, (laughs) as a lot of other things that year mostly all the speaking right <laughs> and so, how how did you navigate with that like kind of in you know whether it's hybrid or virtual like what what kind of tips did you kind of learn because there's still people kind of figuring it out to be honest with you, you know some people they they were so used to being on the stage it was so difficult from yeah so I love speaking online like with you right now, but I do miss the more in-person speaking. And I know you can now do this again. However, there's not as many events where I am right now. There are not as many. And and uh, I, you know, I also uh, have to like uh, go through this phase here. It was not an easy one for me. I did... Do I did offer, for example, uh, some free events initially 
to companies. And one of the company events was actually going to happen on March 9th, exactly the day everything was canceled, I think it was. So that was turned into an online speaking engagement and it completely changed as a result because they wanted now different content. I have to say, I should have at the time stuck with my original content and just adapted it a little bit and it would have been more powerful. It still was good, but that's one tip I would like to give people. When you know, situations change and think people think they need completely different content to what you usually would like to do. I would not go that route because you're always best at what your specific wisdom is. Um, so it was a nice event, you know, and nothing much to criticize about it. I just know that it would have been more powerful otherwise. And the, um, and I also know that I personally connect even better with my audience in person, frankly. So it's not been something to completely resolve. Um, and I definitely want to do more of the in-person speaking again as well. Now, yes, have I done much more online now, many more podcast interviews for sure. And also much more work on LinkedIn. And with, because I know you've done some webinars as well. So, like, are they are they live webinars or are they pre-recorded? And mm -hmm. if they're live, how you kind of navigate between talking and looking at all the comments? Yes, uh, that can be a tricky one if you don't have an assistant to help you out. I have done live webinars, with, uh, you know, on my own which worked out, they weren't huge audiences, right? So it, I think it also depends a little bit on how you want to handle that, depending on the size of the audience for your webinar. And sometimes you might also leave a little bit for it of all the questions and everything to the end because it gets too overwhelming and too distracting. And it also becomes really challenging to stay within the time the time frame that you have set because people like speakers to stay within time because they have their own schedules to work with and if i have something on my on my you know daily schedule that is or on my work schedule that is supposed to be an hour i don't want it to be 3 hours because i'm going to drop off uh, so that's one thing then i did some joint webinars with a a person that I have done several different projects and they again have been volunteer projects, although we're also working on a big summit that is already in the works for leaders in Zimbabwe. And he was then based in the UAE. He is now back to Zimbabwe where he's originally from. He and he, I and then and another party in Zambia, a the UNICAF, University of Zambia, is um, we did a we did a joint project of several different webinars. Uh, one of them, for example, was or actually several of them. We did several series. I have to correct myself. And one series was about humanizing the workplace, which was a topic that I suggested. It's very very active. Uh, the the participants wanted to participate they had a lot of questions was very interactive and very lively 
but also very well moderated by this uh, business friend of mine who gave everybody a, a chance to speak because we 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 were organized like a panel basically you know we we prepared but we were um we were acting as a panel yeah, excellent and uh, just finally regina i love to know people's kind of social media preferences because it's mm -hmm. a it's a minefield just wondering which ones you find serve you best i only do business on linkedin and youtube uh i moved out of twitter a while ago completely it didn't really do much for me and it was too distracting I do not use Facebook for business. I used to have a page I no longer do. And uh, I like LinkedIn because I found that that's where my main audience is. And I like YouTube because it gives me an opportunity and a platform to share my thoughts and my tools and, and tips, you know, in, in the form of video. And of course, also, if I do a podcast with you and you're on YouTube and you put it onto your channel, I can then also share it in one of my um, in one of my sequences as well. I think that's important as well. That's the kind of cross promoting. I think everybody should. Not everybody does. And I, I, I encourage everybody to. And I've even started giving people the video as well to put on their own channel because it's mm -hmm. it's like the message is so important. But it's like it's both people see so they might like my style and vice versa. They like your style. They start checking out your YouTube channel and everything. But my, a lot of people, unfortunately, they look at it like com competition. And they, right. they, they, no. they don't. Yeah. I, I'm all for co-creation. I think co-creation is the future. Competition is outdated and it takes up far too much of our energy and of our time. Uh, precious energy that we can use for something else, really. And so, that, you know, why don't we look at our own, what I call distinctive uniqueness and our own brilliance and genius rather than comparing ourselves all the time with others. And that's how our unique message comes about as a, as a speaker, because that's what really people appreciate in us what's unique about us right and how does this shine through us and uh, as speakers we have to figure out what the best way is of connecting with our audience through that special thing that we all have and through our unique styles so I don't want to copy anybody and I want to look at others to see how brilliant they are but I'm not copying them so yeah, it's all about what's this, what distinguishes us. I totally enjoyed the conversation. You might let people know where they can find you, Regina. Yes, of course. Thank you for that opportunity. As I said, my YouTube channel is there for you with free resources. It's at Regina Huber. So really easy to remember my name and last name. On LinkedIn, I'm also Regina Huber. I have a LinkedIn career growth strategies newsletters, and some of the articles are also very relevant for speakers, for sure. <laughs> and uh, of course, my website, transformyourperformance.com. My book is on Amazon as Kindle and print. Speak up, stand out, and shine. Excellent. I'll make sure I put the link spot on the audio on the video. Thank you very much, Regina. Thank you so much, Roy, for having me. This has been a, an amazing 
conversation for me at least i think it was mutually inspiring As, oh, absolutely from. yeah no, thank you very much and so. thank you to all my all our listeners yeah, no problem. So that's all for the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com, as mentioned for on YouTube. And you'll find all my other podcasts, including my meditation one, which has breath work and meditations. And you'll find everything on my coaching bio.link forward slash podcaster. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, five star rating, share with your friends. And if you get Regina's book, make sure you give her a five star rating as well and a nice comment because it really helps. And we love seeing these things. Until next week, take care.